1: down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. School myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties
2: undiscernible. To this fear. week That's on The, the million, million Dollar Plan, we have wrapped up travel for the year. And by we, I mean me. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I've made my last flight of the year after 160 some flights. I'm so glad to be on the ground. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Maybe a little bit more. But here's what we're doing on the show. Uh, Oh, If you just joined us, I am Pete the Planner. Go to PeteThePlanner.com to learn more. Here's what we're doing on the show today. A store credit card conundrum. A store credit card conundrum. Uh, Nicole, I will need her assistance on that. Then we're also going to talk about a nutty medical bill that I got in the mail. And then I got sent to collections two days after I got a medical bill. Quite the story. And it actually piggybacks off of the voicemail story from a few episodes ago. Then we're going to answer a retirement question. Uh, A USA Today reader uh, named Greg emailed us. So we're going to answer his question and so much more. But let's get started. So uh, uh, today, later today, I'm shooting a a television commercial for the state of Indiana's 529 college savings plan. And So I don't know if you've ever done a a television commercial, but let me give you a little inside baseball. Here's what happens. Uh, you, you get a script, you get an itinerary, a rundown, sort of a treatment for what's going to happen. And, and it says things like, Mr. Dunn. And it, Nicole, you saw, it was, they were calling me Mr. Dunn throughout this document. It was very uncomfortable. Yes, they did. It was very, very uncomfortable. So <laughs> Mr., one of the lines says, uh, to the makeup artist, Mr. Dunn has a beard now, right?
0: Yes. That's my favorite line Mr. in the entire.
2: Yeah. Mr. Dunn has a beard. <laughs> Okay, so we find out that, and they also tell me what to wear, right? So I'm wearing a sweater, they're like, hey, wear a holiday sweater. And so I, got to f- I don't own a holiday sweater, uh, as you would hope. So I had to go out and buy a holiday sweater, which gets us to the crux of our story to begin. I don't own any store credit cards whatsoever, I, I just don't. I had one store credit card when Mrs. Planner and I got married uh, back in the year 2000. We got a Pier 1 Imports credit card. Why? Because what newlyweds don't need wicker and potpourri, right? So much so that they can't finance it out of their own checking and savings accounts. So we went and uh, we took out a store credit card because what did the clerk say as we were buying you know, wire art pieces to hang in our bathroom? <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's what you buy at, at Pier 1, by the way. It's just like wire art sculptures for your toilet room. Uh, so They were like, hey, do you want to save 10% by opening a Pier 1 credit card? And we were like... We have, yeah, 10%. Are you kidding me? That's, it's like $8. Of course, we'll compromise our financial future by doing it. So we signed up for the store credit card. We paid off the wire structure that we bought or wicker or whatever we bought. Maybe some chairs. I don't remember. Uh, definitely potpourri. And uh, then years later, we closed it because it was just silly. It's like, why do we have this floating out here? But every time you go to the mall, every time you go to a store, you're faced with this conundrum. You, you go to Target, and the person in the red shirt's like, do you want to put that on your red card? And if you put it on your red card, you can save 15%. And then you say, no, oh, I'm good. And they say, well, really, you could, I mean, it would be a good idea. And then you start taking financial advice from a store clerk. Now, I, I would normally say something like, no offense, store clerk. But why would you take financial advice from a store clerk? Okay, so earlier this week, I had to go buy a sweater. Right, I'm not a Christmas sweater guy. I'm not a Hanukkah sweater guy. I'm not a Kwanzaa sweater guy. I'm just not a holiday sweater fella. Okay, so I, I go to uh, the Fashion Mall. If you happen to be uh, in Central Indiana, there's a mall called the Fashion Mall. Where else would you buy a holiday sweater uh, than a place called the Fashion Mall? So I go to the Fashion Mall and I go to a store and I find a sweater. Now, Nicole, I have not showed you the sweater yet. It's out in my car because I'm going to uh, have it for later today. Um, You'll probably make fun of it. It's sort of a dad sweater. Ooh. And I showed it to my wife. She's like, that looks pretty bulky. It could make <laughs> you look a little heavier on television. So this whole thing is a disaster. All right? So number one, I'm going to look like a, like a dad, which is fine. I'm a dad. I'm going to yeah. look bulky, which... Eh.
0: Yeah. anyway you have a beard now.
2: Uh, but I, Mr. Dunn has a beard now.
0: Then Mr. Dunn has a beard now.
2: Hashtag Mr. Dunn has a beard now. Uh, anyway, so I, I go into uh, the Banana Republic. I go to Banana Republic I'm like I don't I need a sweater and I found this sweater. It's like this maroon joint with like wood buttons.
0: <laughs> very it's, holiday sw- very holiday dad sweater. It's sort of a holiday wood
2: buttons. Yeah, it's like a cardigan with with buttons and um you know, they're nice wooden buttons.
0: They're the quality wood. Buttons. They
2: might be made of mahogany.
0: Mahogany.
2: So I get this sweater and I take it up to the counter. Now I'm not going to lie, it's an expensive sweater, right? But it, here's the thing. It's for a television commercial. You can't wear a piece of junk sweater on a television commercial. But here's my entire plan, which might be underhanded. I find this to be unethical, what I think I'm gonna do, and if I change my mind, I won't do it. I planned on just wearing it for the shoot and then returning the sweater. Is that unethical? Nicole? No,
0: as long as there's not a lot of wear and tear.
2: There's no end. wear nor tear. Yeah,
0: you'll be standing there.
2: I'm just going to be wearing it flubbing lines, wearing <laughs> uh, guyliner for an hour and a half, right? <laughs> the so, guyliner. Uh, so actually, I want to ask this question to the audience today. If you think it is unethical to wear something once and then return it with no wear and tear, either way, ethical or unethical, I want you to either hit me on Twitter at pete the Planner or email me askpete at com and let me know. Uh, how you feel about that. So, Nicole, um, that's my plan. That's okay. my plan. Okay, so. I
0: like your plan. I'm interested to see what others I'm, have to I'm, say. Because gr- you know that there is going to be someone who just...
2: Oh, someone's going to hate that. I, oh, I, yeah. I think it's unethical, I think. Eh,
0: but it's not like you do that all the time, though. It'd be yeah. one thing if it was a pattern that was reoccurring.
2: But so I've got uh, we've got in, in studio uh, in the in this control room with us today. We've got a couple of friends. We, uh, uh, we got uh, Phil Schumann from the Indiana yeah. University. And, and we've got one of his guests who's in town from uh, Bangkok, Thailand to learn about financial wellness. Just um, put it out to the room there. Uh, Nicole, um, Phil, do you think that's ethical? You're not going to really hear me. He's not on mic. I'm just curious. Is it ethical or unethical to return stuff like that? I don't think I have the guts to do it. Yeah. So it's unethical. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's unethical, but like I said, I kind of agree with Nicole that I, as long as you don't make a pattern of it, it's okay. I would agree with that. I know people that make a pattern of it. I do too. Okay. I, would, I, I think you're good. Okay. So anyway, back to the story. Uh, so the, the sweater is, it's $185. Okay. So, and look, this is where I'm going to lose some people like, you bought a $185 sweater. Yeah, I did. It's for, I, I did. It's got wood buttons, y'all, and it's for, it's for commercials. So that's one of the reasons I don't walk around in $185 sweaters. So I get to the counter, and the person at the counter says, would you like to put this on your Banana Republic credit card? And I said, I don't have a Banana Republic credit card, not in a snooty way, uh, just like, no, I don't have one. And they said, well, you probably want to open one. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Because today only, oh, today only, it's a magical phrase. If you use your Banana Republic card, the sweater is fifty percent off, and you also get the original twenty percent off of that, as you always do by using the Banana Republic credit card. So I'm going to do the math for you right now. Uh, One hundred and eighty-five dollars times fifty percent is ninety-two fifty. But then with another uh, 20% off, $185 is $74. It's $111 off. So Nicole, I put to you, you are facing a situation in which you're buying something that costs $185. You are morally opposed to opening store credit cards for a 1,000 reasons, which we'll get into. And someone says, I can save you. Essentially, it's 60%. 50% then 20% is 60%, not 70%. Yeah. ends up being 60% percent off what would you do? I know he, I know. What okay. would you do?
0: Well I worked on the retail side of things, so I oh. was that individual had who had to ask if you wanted to open a store credit card and it kind of made my skin curl because I would hear my other uh associates go it won't affect your credit score whether you're approved or not and I and first I would just do that slow turn and look at them being like you can't say that to people oh boy um so I don't know I what would you do no, just because I'm trying not to get into a habit of opening credit cards and just being like, oh, yeah, I'll pay it off as soon as I get home yeah. and see it post. So mm, what
2: so did here, you do? I, Of course I didn't open it. I mean, no, there's no question I, just, I didn't open yeah. it. But I mean, but, but here's the thing. That's really tempting, no? Yeah. It's crazy tempting. I was leaving the store and I'm like, oh, my God, what, what did I I just made a terrible decision. Now, people are going to be listening to this or watching this on Planet.tv and they're going to say... Dude, that was a terrible financial decision. You would have saved $111. But here's my point. The whole reason they do that, they've done the math. They know they will win over me. Every time someone offers you to open a store credit card, they are not a fairy of financial wisdom. They are not a uh, Warren Buffett in retail form. What they are are a, an extension of an arm of an organization who wants you to make a mistake. They don't want to offer me coupons and discounts because they like me. No one likes me, right, Nicole? No one. Literally, not right. The reason they do it is because they know I will spend more at their store. They know that I eventually will leave a uh, balance on the card and it will carry over and and, and result in interest payments. It will induce spending. Just as your bank wants you to have a credit card to induce your spending, which is, don't get, we've done that before, so we're not going to get into that, but that frustrates me. But of course, a retailer wants to induce spending. So I didn't do it. And, and despite the fact that you would save 60% on that purchase by taking out a store credit card, and here's what you would do. You, you're saying, because you're going to email me. I, I know how this works. You're going to email me and say, of course, just take it out, pay it off, and then close the card. Or just keep it open. What's it matter? I understand that. I, I understand that. But, but here's what's at stake. That's yet another organization that you have a credit file on if you want to talk about, about identity theft issues. Uh, number two, who knows... Uh, in terms of other fraud, people getting use of that card, then you also deal with the fact that it will induce your spending. You'll be walking by that store and you'll see a sign that says 30% off for cardholders today. And you'll go, I'm a cardholder. Oh, I'll buy something. It's only 70%. It's not that's 30% off. So I only have to pay 70% of retail. The whole reason that exists is to trick you into stuff. Now, is it, does that make me a conspiracy theorist? No, it's not even a conspiracy. It's just right out in the open. So some way, somehow, I'm probably gonna return that sweater. Nicole, I think the whole point of this is, I'm gonna now. I, what would happen if I returned the sweater? I guess I would have returned it at seventy four dollars.
0: Yeah. So what they would have done? I'm so confused. Is when you returned your sweater. Yeah. They would have. It's so complicated, especially because you go in and there are different codes that you apply and had you have used some like coupon or reward. Did
2: you like the retail? Did you like working the retail? I
0: did, but also. I spent a lot of money on clothes.
2: That's why they hire people. Yeah. No, that's not part of their strategy. <laughs> okay. Coming up after the break, uh, it, it's it's old, angry, gripey guy edition of the Million Dollar Plan. A peepery, if you will. A peepery. I didn't add the T, so it just sounded like peepery, <laughs> which doesn't sound it good. It doesn't work. Um, I got a medical bill in the mail from the voicemail visit to the doctor. So uh, I'll tell you about it next. It's all next here, right here, on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Stop what you're doing! On. And hit Pete up on Twitter! At Pete the Planner! question the rights of any man the voice his opinion is strong against any can but then again many men are citizens of their own little world so they ain't really fitting in i'm in the background blending in camouflaged by the scenery but i'm
2: back on the million dollar plan begin pete begin the planner the uh it's old man gripey edition of the show today i get grumpy but i am all, i'm back off the road my last trip of the year uh flight of the year was to iowa state university in ames iowa What a lovely place, right? The nice campus, really nice people. Got to meet with some good students. I did a lecture on uh, the economy, separating the fact from the fiction. That's a pretty good lecture. Uh, Got to meet with some good students uh, in like the the business school and the dean and all this sorts of things. Good time. Back off the road. Get to sleep on my own pillow for the next 60 days or so. No one cares. Okay, here's what happened when I was in Iowa, though. My wife called me and said, uh, Peter, and you met her last week on the show, Mrs. Planner. If you missed that, go to PeteThePlanner.tv and watch the Mrs. Planner uh, edition of the show. First time guest. Uh, She said, Pete, uh, you got a a bill in the mail from your doctor's appointment from a few months ago. So uh, catching you up in case you just don't live your entire life vicariously through me. uh, A couple months ago, I just said, look, I haven't been to the doctor in a while. I need to go get my wellness visit. Okay. Every year in our house, we get canceled on insurance, health insurance. It's happened the last three years in a row. Why? Because healthcare is a disaster in our country. Uh, nothing's wrong with any of us. I mean, sure, I got kind of a screw loose, but nothing's wrong with it. My wife is healthy. My kids, thank God, are healthy. I'm de- deceptively healthy for what I look like. Uh, I'm healthy. Uh, so, uh, But we keep getting canceled. So it's just frustrating. I don't know what doctors I can go to. It, it's just a disaster. Um, so... I go to my I go to this doctor, right? I get my appointment. You heard the voicemail a few episodes ago, where they're like, "You have a mild," uh, and then they hung up. If you missed that, you can find that on the podcast, repeattheplanner.tv. But here, here's the issue. So I, I get this bill in the mail, but it was a wellness visit. If you know anything about healthcare, you know that a wellness visit is included in your health insurance plan. Okay, so I pay my monthly premium, but I think we pay. a month, $1,040 a month for our insurance. A high deductible plan with like a $7,000 deductible. And the only use we get out of it every year are four doctor's appointments. Well, it used to be three, but now I went to the doctor, so it's four. My wife's doctor's appointment, my son's, my daughter's, and me. So we get a bill. I brought the bill with me. It's right here. two hundred so, and twenty one dollars so in it just there's no details whatsoever okay it just says two hundred and twenty one dollars um please pay the balance listed above as what you currently owe or the minimum monthly payment option by the due date listed above okay now here's what's the craziest part uh there's so many different numbers on here it says what you currently owe is two twenty one Minimum monthly payment option, amount due by November 3rd, is $200. So they want me to pay $200 of 221 but the numbers look so close together and so confusing. If I were to pay 200 I would have an active balance of $21, and, and forget about it, and it would probably go to collections. But don't worry, it already went to collections. Here's the collections letter. Dear Peter Mr. Peter Dunn. At least they showed some respect. I put some respect on my name. Mr. Peter Dunn. All caps too. It's like they're yelling. Mr. Peter Dunn. <laughs> we are writing to you regarding your recent medical services. Your account was referred to us by healthcare institution. I'm not why shouldn't I put them on blast? To help you apply for assistance with your medical bills because you have been un, you have not paid on time. There is no cost to you for the services we provide the eligibility team. I missed the trash can. Here's the issue. I got sent to collections two days after receiving this bill. And I didn't even think I had a bill. So I, I call up the institution, right? I call up this insti- or the, the institution seems a little strong. I call them up and I say, what, why did I get a bill? Cause I had some blood tests done. I got a flu shot which hurt my arm, right? And I was like, well, I thought all this was covered. And the guy on the line said, hmm, let me take a look. Punches into my account. This is like Garrison Keeler now. I'm doing sound effects. This is like old Prairie Home Companion or whatever. And he said, sir, you don't have insurance. Excuse me? Sir, you don't have insurance. It's right here in our records. Okay, so here's the problem I do have insurance. I filed my insurance with my doctor's office. My insurance is through the hospital I went to, it is a hospital plan. The name of the place I went to is, hum, hum, hum. and the name of my health insurance is, hum, hum, hum. it's the same thing. I have health insurance through the place I went. He's like, we don't have health insurance uh, on record for you, so you've got to pay the full cost. So when I went to my doctor's office and checked in, you fill out like 80,000 pieces of paperwork. They're like, have you ever had gluten? And it's like, I think so. You write all these things down. They make a copy of your driver's license. They make a copy of your insurance card, all these things. For some reason, it wasn't filed. So the guy, he's like, hold on a second. And And he put in my insurance card. He's like, oh, okay. Well, you don't owe anything. I, I'm i a busy person. You're a busy person. Your friends are busy people. You get a medical bill in the mail. You often don't call on it, especially if it's $221. Like, do I want to pay $221? Pro- probably not. No, I don't. But I'm a busy guy. So if I get a bill for two hundred twenty-one $221, I'm going to grab my HSA card, call them up, and pay it. I just happened to ask what it was for because it just didn't seem right. Here's my point. Call on every single medical bill you ever get. First of all, you should get an explanation of benefits. They called it an EOB in the biz. Okay, explanation of benefit. And it should tell you like what you're going to owe. And then you get the bill and then you pay the bill. Well, I didn't get an EOB, which was weird. Uh, but I just got this bill. And if I would have just called and paid it, can you Im- imagine... How many people do that? Nicole, do you think? Okay, and you don't you don't have to you know how the show works. You don't have yes. to support my ideas. In fact, it's better when you don't. <laughs> how many people out of 100 do you think get this bill when their insurance was like mistakenly not filed? Yeah. And just pay the bill. How many out of 100 do you think pay?
0: At least 80.
2: Written really? Yeah. That's a little high. But that's yeah. your opinion. Yeah. I would go 40. 40. But that's still a lot.
0: Yeah, more than it should be.
2: And by the way, here's the bigger point. So we get we get upset about health insurance in our country. We get upset about health insurance premiums. But let's not forget, human error is still what really stinks. Okay, This was no computer error. Someone's gonna be like, oh, it was a computer error. No, it was not a computer error. First of all, I don't want to pay a lot for health insurance, which I do. But two... I don't want human error to cost me financially. Now, this is even the better, the, the part we talked about with Mrs. Planner on the show last week, our premium for next year, because we got canceled, so we had to find another company, and truly nothing's wrong with us, was going to go up 62%. Our premium is going up 62%. So now I will be paying something like $1,700 a month for four visits a year. Our health insurance system is incredibly broken. I feel fortunate to have coverage, but you know what? I pay for it. I pay $1,700 a month. Needless to say, I don't qualify for tax credits or any sorts of things like that uh, with the Affordable Care Act. Now, I'm glad the Affordable Care Act exists because I know there are a lot of people out there that uh, don't have coverage and are now able to have coverage. And it's not $1,700 a month. It's really more in line with their financial situation. I'm really grateful for that. You know, if, if your kid gets sick or you get sick, why should your financial life be ruined? I'm okay with that. But it's also really frustrating that human error uh, will result in so many people calling up a bill like this and uh, and just paying it. It's frustrating. I you know, I t- I t- I called my physician's office and I was like, look, man, I want to talk to your office manager. I want to give you some feedback. Uh, here's what happened. And they're like, oh, computer error. There's no computer errors. Here's the takeaway from the segment today. Call on every single medical bill. You have to be your own healthcare care uh, financial advocate. You need to call up and you say, why did I get this? And the guy said, well, because you don't have insurance. Or call up and say, why did I get this? And you always want to say the following phrase. No, not Mr. Dunn has a beard now, but a different phrase. And that phrase is, can you do any better on the price? Anytime you get a medical bill, call them up and say, okay, I want to talk about this bill. Can you do any better on the price? I don't know. Seven times out of 10, they will. In my experience, when my son Ted was born, we called him up and were able to do better on the price. Do it. It's worth it because your healthcare dollars are valuable. And, and I think we've gotten to this point of time where it used to be so simple. Health, health insurance was so simple 10 years ago where everyone had a $20 copay. You didn't care what your medical expenses cost because it was just $20 to you. And, and that is a part of the reason why we are where we are today because no one was a good healthcare consumer. They consumed a lot of healthcare. They didn't really care, but they weren't really proactive about their health, and they weren't proactive about the the economics around their health either. So that's where we are today on the show. Rants by an old guy. Store credit cards, health insurance mistakes. Who knows what's next? Actually, I got an email from a USA Today reader. What we'll that next? His name is Greg. I haven't really read the email, so who knows what's about to happen. Uh, That's all next on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Yeah. Axe Hand on the beat.
0: Yes,
1: sir. Glass House. Yes, sir. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher. ATFU. Naptown. In like the end of the game at the casino. I lean, so the glare of the rear don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul, but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary
2: Indy. Right, back on the million dollar plan. You know, during the commercial break, I thought to myself, sure, I could answer Greg's email. <laughs> We, we just got the, the tax, uh, the new tax proposal, like the tax reform legislation. We Let's go through that. Why not? It's angry old guy gripe session day. So Nicole had a good point in the commercial. Nicole, you were like, well, look, if you're going to get angry, yeah. shouldn't it be on tax reform?
0: Today's the day. All
2: right. So I have to say, uh, I've read through a lot of the tax reform. We're going to hit some highlights today. Some of it doesn't bother me. Some of it doesn't make sense. And I think more than anything, and I, I hopefully this is an apolitical statement, I don't know who to believe. Like, I like I I watched two different interviews with uh members of the GOP last night that actually conflicted with each other. Like they were on two different channels, and, and the people said, Well, this isn't the bill, and I turned another one, it was another senator and they're like, Well, this isn't the bill. They were disagreeing with each other. So, like, who do you even believe? Here here's what is written down, and here here's what we know, and here's here's what I think will will matter to you. Um so, so they're they're changing the tax brackets a little bit, but he, here's the things that I think will impact you the most. There's a change to the state and local tax deduction. Okay. So, um, I'm getting some, my information here from BusinessInsider.com. BusinessInsider.com. One of the biggest hangups for Republicans in States like New York New Jersey and California has been the proposed elimination of the salt deduction, the state and local tax deduction. This benefit allows people to deduct those taxes from their federal bill. And that, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So if you think about this for a second, if, if, and we're going to go through some of the tax cuts, If you get those tax cuts but your deductions are also cut the net result may actually be an increase and i think that's what we're going to see with a lot of people is that yes their tax rate will get cut there's no doubt about that there are some deductions that will increase like the uh, child tax credit great however some other things the other deductions that people use on a regular basis are getting cut themselves thus I think you could actually have a net increase for a lot of people. Um, elimination of the estate tax—we all know that. Uh, no changes to the 401k. So, so that that is good. Although, uh, what I would like to see done instead of the eighteen thousand dollar cap or the twenty-four thousand dollar cap for people with the catch-up provision over age fifty, I'd like to see that eighteen thousand number continue to climb. They were talking about dropping it down to twenty-four hundred or five thousand dollars. $18,000 a year needs to be increased to like $25,000 a year, and the catch-up provision should be like $30,000 a year. If you want to solve the uh, retirement crisis in our country, you don't want to dis- uh, you know, disparage people from... Disparage is not the word. What word am I looking for? It's not disparage because that is uh, dissuade. That is. Look, there's a lot of words in this head. You don't know if the right ones come out. There is an increase in the child's... Se- uh, Thomas said the child's... <laughs> did you hear that? I did. Oh my lord! What is going on?
0: You're just a little,
2: a little fired up. I meant child a tax, tax, not child's Whew. increase in the size of the child tax credit. Uh, so that went from a thousand dollars per child to sixteen hundred. I got like thirty-two hundred bucks worth of kids. How many kids do you have, uh, Nicole? Any, any, how many dollars worth of kids do you have? Zero. Zero point zero. I got thirty-two hundred bucks worth of kids. Anyway, the home mortgage interest deduction, it went down from $1 million cap to $500,000 on new loans. The standard uh, deduction is larger now, so that that went up quite a bit. Now, here's where I think it gets a little nasty, really nasty. Some uh, itemized deductions are being eliminated including the student loan interest deduction. So as it stands right now, if you have student loans you're paying back and you're paying interest on the student loans, similar to like a mortgage interest uh, deduction, you can write off, you don't have to pay taxes on the interest you pay back to the government on your student loans, right? Now, with this proposal, that would be eliminated. So if you're paying back your student loans, you're paying interest to the government, what happens next? You also pay tax on that. That's a big deal. Who is it a big deal for? Well, primarily people with giant student loans, lawyers, doctors, people that went to school a really long time but aren't anything. <laughs> that seems rude. Seems super rude. Uh, elimination of the medical expense deduction too. Under the current law, individuals who spend over ten percent of their income on medical expenses are allowed to deduct part of their cost from their taxes. Now, here's here's the thing. That will be removed. And if healthcare is going to continue to increase because we haven't even solved that problem, now you've got people with more medical expenses and you take away the ability for them to deduct that. It just doesn't seem like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, The moving deduction, don't particularly care too much about that. Um, Now, this one's interesting. Unfortunately, the lobby here, so anytime you look at these changes, you say, well, what How will this get out of the bill? How will this be eliminated from the bill? And then the question uh, becomes, uh, do they have a big lobbying effort, right? Do these people have enough lobbyists to get this lobbied out of the bill? This one I don't think will. It creates a tax on large private university endowments. Private universities with assets of more than $100,000 per student will pay 1.4 million or 1.4 million. I can't even talk now. 1.4% excise tax on their net investment income. Places like Stanford, Harvard, Yale. Now, I know we're all playing tiny violins for these these organizations, but their endowments are gigantic. But they're about to get gigantic tax bills because of that. I don't, I, I, that's going to cause a, a pretty big issue in, in, in higher ed because potentially what it could do is it could increase the cost of college because these endowments aren't able to defray the cost of attendance uh, the way they used to. Now, again, that being said, there's such giant endowments, like they're growing faster than the pace of, of which uh, those endowments are being used to reduce the cost of education. Uh so I don't know. There's there's my take, my my non-expert tax take on the tax reform legislation. I think we've got a long way to go before that thing is approved. Hopefully, people on both sides of the aisle come to terms. But <laughs> that's laughable. Of course, they won't. All right, coming up after the break, let's go through the biggest waste of money of the week. That and, and maybe a little bit more. This is the Million Dollar Plan, old gripey edition. Old, old guy griping edition. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from And look out for the lumberjacks Running with the gale force wind at my back Swift and enduring, I remain calm Swift and enduring, I remain calm
2: Swift and enduring, I remain calm Back on the million dollar plan It's uh I'm, I'm sort of angry today, I don't know why If you missed the, any parts of the show, talked about store credit cards And why I didn't save 60% on a purchase this week talked about um uh, health a health care bill that i received in the mail that was fraudulent oh my gosh and we just hit tax reform if you missed any part of the show go catch the show you can catch the show at pete subscribe to the podcast go to itunes subscribe to the podcast if you want to watch me perform the show i'm wearing one of my new favorite sport coats so you might want to check that out maybe at uh pete that's a tv as in Television. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, the BOM, is the Bell and Ross BRX1 Skeleton Tourbillion Sapphire Watch. Building on the success of its Tourbillion Sapphire, the Bell and Ross BRX1 Skeleton Tourbillion Sapphire Watch takes the minimal approach even further. Once again, its forty five millimeter square case is made entirely from sapphire in five parts this time instead of nine, and screwed together ever so carefully at the corners. That reminds me of my favorite joke, Nicole. What did one wall say to the other wall?
0: Oh, no. I don't know.
2: I'll meet you in the corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good joke. Do you like that? <laughs> I do. Okay, thank you. you The hand-wound skeleton movement has its hour and minute hands reduced to the upper region of the dial, while the tour is visible near 6 o'clock. It offers a 100-hour... Power reserve and sits on a translucent rubber strap. Nicole, I do not like the phrase translucent rubber strap.
0: I was just thinking, I was like, the fact that you go to translucent, okay, but rubber strap?
2: I don't like the no. word, I don't like the phrase translucent rubber strap. No,
0: it makes me feel uncomfy. I'm very
2: uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Uh, you can buy this from Bell & Ross for $385,000. You're walking around. With a suburban home on your wrist. Attached to you by a translucent rubber strap. Mr. Dunn has a beard now. That's it for this week's show. Uh, please please visit us at... Not in our office. Don't come to our office. Just, you're not invited. We lock the door. But go to PeteThePlanner.com. You can get there. Uh, and of course, uh, listen to the podcast on iTunes. I encourage you to also uh, we were talking about tax reform and talking about the endowments being taxed with the new tax reform proposal. There is a podcast that Malcolm Gladwell, the author and thought leader, whatever, what, what, what do we call him? Iconoclast. I don't know what he is. He's got it's got an afro and his name's Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and you go to his podcast. It's called Revisionist History. He has a three part series on higher ed and money. And I encourage you to listen to that. So go to iTunes, Revisionist History. Uh, Listen to that podcast. And and while you're there, listen to all of his podcasts because they are fascinating. They make for good fodder on uh, airplanes. Uh, And since we're doing podcast reviews, I listened to one this week called Dirty John. I know, sounds a little sketchy. It's by the uh, LA Times. Dirty John. Here's what I encourage you to do. Listen to all six episodes of Dirty John. Do not read about it. Do not read descriptions. Do not Google it. Don't do anything, just let it happen, because you will ruin it if you look into it. Just listen to it. It's a crime story. It's a true story from the LA Times, as long as it's not fake news, uh, called Dirty John. That's it for this week's show. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. I'm going to be here. I mean, well, I'm not gonna on the road anymore. Uh, so that's it. Sending good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is The Million Dollar Plan.
1: If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for
0: information purposes only. It's not the Swiss of planning the flights. Consult a angel divisor.
1: Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. Word to John pesh let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh. salutations, I bring you love, trying, greetings, from a far away land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, love, try can restore your health, I bring you greetings, uh salutations how you doing and is that how y'all say it the tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little little star i sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world out of this world spaceship on my arm Salutations, I bring you Love Tron greetings from my far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love trying, can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you turn And is that how y'all say it?